This episode of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast is brought to you by, well, the Creative Clinician's Corner, my consulting um, business that helps therapists bring to life their practice um, and is really kind of the hub of where this show is. And um, I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be opening up opportunities to participate in the six-month mastermind um, group. Um, I've hosted this group the past two years, and it's usually a small group, but that intimacy is really nice and supportive and nurturing and kind. And um, it's just a great way to have consistency and accountability in what you're doing as you're taking steps that feel uncomfortable and maybe risky as you're starting your business or growing your business. Um, the mastermind group is, is really for folks in those early stages. If you're already wildly successful, this is not the group for you. Um, this is a group for folks that are starting out. They're feeling a bit nervous. They need support. They need resources to kind of help organize them along the way. And, um, and they're looking to be doing that in community with other folks that are doing the same thing. Um, so if that sounds like you check it out, um, it's going to start in February. It'll run February to through July, and it's going to be on Mondays at 1 PM. We'll have three live, um, zoom meetings per month, um, the fourth meeting will be like a co-working uh, session that folks can meet together and work on specific um, tasks that they're developing in their business. And it's structured where one meeting per month is more of like training, guidance, um, the others are hot seat style where you present something that you're working on, something that you're having a challenge with, and then you receive support and feedback from the group um, or about that. And I'll be giving lots of templates and resources, things that you can download to guide you in that process. And we also have a private Facebook group where we stay connected uh, throughout the weeks. Um, and even the folks that were in the group this year decided they wanted to continue to meet. So they've been meeting um, and doing like once a month uh, co-working uh, Zoom groups to stay connected and to continue to support one another. So um, it's a really nice group. If you're interested, uh, you can go over to um, creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash mastermind dash group. Um, it's also under the lab tab. If you click on that, uh, the button will pop down. And there you'll find lots of um, ways on the sales page to set up a 20 minute call with me to really see if this is the right thing for you. Um, if it is awesome, but if not, maybe there's something else I might be able to recommend that would be beneficial for you at this stage of where you're at. Um, so I hope to hear from you and uh, maybe even get to know you a bit more in 2023. And um, I'll just share with you, um, you know, what somebody shared with me, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who was on the show recently, um, or maybe she'll be on the show in um, a couple of episodes. Uh, she's been participating in the group the past two years, and this is what she said. Um, and she gave me permission to use that, to use it. So she said, this is my second year participating in the mastermind. And wow, Raina is so skilled at creating a supportive group environment while skillfully inviting participants to work at the edges of their mindset barriers. I gained so much from being a part of the group, including the confidence to keep taking bigger and bigger steps forward in my business, which is so awesome. And I love being able to support and witness that um, that growth 
um, in the folks that I'm working with. So if it sounds interesting to you, um, please uh, sign up for one of those 20 minute calls and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, back to the show. Thanks so much for tuning into the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. This is episode one, season two with Rachel Moore, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's an EMDR therapist. She is a creative writer and uh, all around creative person. And um, she is also the host of a podcast called Beyond Artist Block. Um, and it's really focusing on, you know, helping people who work with creative clients. And I just thought, wow, that's so cool. Her niche is creative people. Um, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as we talk, um, all about, uh, what that looks like and how she has helped herself to be successful and, um, and how she's creating online groups that convert in her practice. The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I'm delighted to welcome my next guest. Her name is Rachel Moore. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a certified EMDR therapist based in San Diego, California. She's licensed in both California and Montana, and her private practice focuses on helping the creative community writers, artists, and musicians. She also facilitates an annual online artist's way workshop based on the popular book by Julia Cameron. Rachel is excited to be launching her new podcast, which she just shared with me that her second episode dropped today um, as we're recording this. And her podcast is called Beyond Artist Block, and it highlights other practitioners like her who work with creative clients. She's a creative person herself and has a bachelor's degree in creative writing, along with years of experience playing and singing music. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Raina. I'm excited to be here. I love just the whole concept, the name of your podcast, everything about it. This is just way up my alley. <laughs> yes, I, clearly we're we're aligned in spirit. Um, but creativity is uh, definitely, I feel like my my beacon, my guiding light of mm. life. Um, it's so important. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, how you decided to niche into working specifically with creatives. I think you're one of the first therapists that I've learned that does that. I know some creativity coaches, but not necessarily mm -hmm. therapists. That's, it's so exciting uh, to hear you say that, that um, this is like the first that you've heard of this because that's part of the reason why you know I decided to launch my podcast too just like I said you know to find more people like me I know we're out there I'm based in San Diego and I feel like you know I've looked around and there are some in LA of course I feel like in San Diego I may be one of the only folks to, to lead with that you know that mm -hmm. I work with creative people of course I get lots of other types of people as well because that's what happens when you niche right you get your niche and you get everybody else um, which is great and keeps it interesting but I made the decision. It was it was kind of a funny process because 
I knew I wanted to be in private practice after I um, finished school and uh, was working in, on my, my internships at the time. I knew eventually when I got licensed, I wanted to be in private practice. And I thought, gosh, what, you know, what, what am I going to focus on? I know I need to. And I already had been teaching Artist Way um, workshops. I had already been facilitating that as a creativity coach. You know, I did that when I was in school um, just for fun and experience. And um, I thought, gosh, I don't know. And, and I was really hung up on the the idea that as a therapist we can't treat people we know right mm. <laughs> and I thought well I've got this whole big creative community I also did like meetup events I had meetup groups where I would go to museums and do other sorts of creative things or create art Fine. together like I had this whole community of people and I thought well I can't <laughs> I can't treat those people so I don't know who to treat you know I, I feel like now my my, my site was very limited um, a very good um, friend of mine who's an awesome marketing person, um, the, the first day I met her, actually, I was in a little marketing class with her, and, she, and she, she said, here's what you do. You don't treat those people. You treat the people they know, mm. right? It's okay. You treat the second degree of, you know, your contacts. And and after that, it all fell into place and made sense. And I, I just had that one little piece um, of the niche that I needed to get clear on. And she helped me a lot with that. I love that you treat the second degree of your established contacts and your established contacts become right. your ambassadors. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, with the artist way workshops that you currently provide, um, I, obviously those are online. Are you pulling from people from all over? Or are you just pulling from people where you're licensed? Are you treating that workshop as like a non-therapy offering? Yes. Yeah, I consider it educational, right? And so it's, you know, not quite coaching, also not therapy, you know, it's, it's, I am, I'm coming to it as a therapist and, and um, treating it as an educational uh, group. Um, I had done it as a therapy group previously, you know, before 2020, I was meeting people um, in person. So the San Diego area, essentially. I had done, I had experimented, you know, early on with a few things. Like I did an email course once on the artist way when I was training to be a creativity coach. That was really fun, but you know, not quite the same vibe. And then in 2020, a friend and I, he was going to co-host it with me, co-facilitate. We were just about, we've had the place. It was right in my neighborhood. It was great. This cute little art store. And, you know, we were just about to launch and um, COVID hit. And so mm -hmm. I decided to to move the course online and it's been great. And I have gotten people from, you know, New York, uh, uh, all the way from California to New York. I've gotten lawyers, therapists, uh, <laughs> you know, educators, like all sorts of different people who are interested um, in exploring the creative side of themselves in a, you know, I know this is an overused phrase, but it really in a safe way in a safe place um mm -hmm. and i emphasize that a lot um in that group because it really is all about overcoming our preconceived notions of what it means to be creative uh including the fact that if we're an artist we can't we have to just overturn our life and you know we, <laughs> we can't ever make money again and whatever <laughs> you know people think about that um yeah and the fact too the idea that in order to be an artist, like she says in the book, you have to be a capital A art artist, right? You have to, like, that has to be your, your life. And I really don't believe that. I mean, I, my education was a liberal arts education. I, I love learning about all kinds of different things, um, which is why I like just the concept of podcasts. I love having my own. I love being on them. I love listening to them. So that's where I come from um, when it comes to uh, teaching uh, that workshop. I know it's a lot more than your question, but no, that's <laughs> it's an okay. exciting thing. Yeah, I I would love for you to share a little bit um, about like kind of the synopsis of what this book is about for folks that maybe have heard mm -hmm. it, but they they haven't read it themselves right. or they're not familiar with what the artist way is. 
Mm -hmm. The people that I, I think are the ideal folks for <laughs> this workshop are people who have it on their bookshelf and it's just been there like forever. <laughs> And, and they're interested and they're curious, but I, I've met like one person who's gone through the book and done the exercises and stuff on their own. Like there's something about um, this book that I feel like needs to be experienced in community. So to answer mm. your question, synopsis of the book, gosh, um, really a lot of, you know, kind of what I was saying before um, about the fact that you don't need to completely change your life. You don't need to completely change your personality in order to become, to have more creativity in your life. In order to make it like even a daily or weekly or whatever thing for you and fulfill that part of you that needs to be expressed. Um, she uses one thing that's I think is important to talk about, which she talks about at the very beginning of the book are the basic tools and anybody can do this. You don't have to read the book. You don't have to do the workshop. Like anybody can do this. The two basic tools are the uh, morning pages, which you may have heard of, mm -hmm. and the artist date. And so the morning pages is simply, it's simple, but there's a lot of people have a lot of questions about this uh, when it comes to the technicalities. But she says, Julia Cameron says, every day, write three pages, eight and a half by 11, write three pages longhand, like right after you wake up. Like first thing you do, get all that out. So that, I, I mean, I think the, the, the reason is so that you can clear your mind Mm -hmm. in order for some of this inspiration to come in or just to you know kind of get it all out at a certain point i think like week eight week week nine we go back and read the pages which is also fascinating and look for things that maybe are important or things we want to change the other um basic tool is the artist date and again anybody can do this everybody should do this in my opinion um take yourself out on 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 a date I, there's a story I tell, my my classic <laughs> artist date story um, is I, I took myself to um, the, the Museum of Photographic Arts in Balboa Park in San Diego, near where, where I live. And it's a great museum. I really, I know I like that museum. Um, I thought I would have fun. But here's the thing, like you're not taking your adult part out on a date. <laughs> you're taking your inner artist child, okay? So I go, I go to this museum of photographic arts. I'm looking at it. I'm appreciating it. And then I hear this voice inside, <laughs> this internal voice. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. Why are we here? Why are we doing this? I don't want to do this. You know, my inner artist child was like, not into it, not into it at all. And so internally, you know, I have a little conversation with it. It's like, okay, all right, we're just, we're going to go through the museum and then we'll go do whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So went through the museum. And then after that, I just kind of followed the inspiration of my child part, um, got an ice cream cone, sat and listened to one of the musicians who was playing outside. Of course it was San Diego. It was a lovely day. So I just sat there and had a great time. So, um, even if you do it wrong, <laughs> you can learn a lot right? About that part of you that may be a little less encumbered, right? A little less concerned about what people think of me or how I'm going to look if I go do this thing. She talks about in the book, you know, go to the store with five or 10 bucks and like buy some little crayons and, and uh, trinkets and or whatever, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be extravagant. That's the other thing she talks about in the book. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot to have these little luxuries in your life, things you may not even realize you were missing. Mm -hmm. There is something to be said, I think, about dating yourself. Um, I think for some people, yeah. it might be uncomfortable to like go and do something by themselves. Like it feels uncomfortable to go to a restaurant and eat by themselves or like to go to a museum or I don't know. I I like cherish those days where I like, especially if I'm on vacation and I have like an entire day and it's like mm. just my decisions. I don't have to con concern myself of like compromising of like what somebody else wants to do. I get to just follow that inspiration of like, I'm feeling led to this place right now. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm feeling led to this place right now. <laughs> and just like seeing what unfolds. And usually it's yeah. like pretty magical. Usually, yeah. 
I just got this image in my mind of a jellyfish, you know, just kind of like going around, like, <laughs> let's go over here. Let's float this direction. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so much fun. I mean, I love things like, you know, for example, you get called to jury duty, you show up, they let you go early. Oh, that's the greatest time ever, right? <laughs> Definitely. Because now you have a full day that literally has no plans and you can just do whatever you want. I loved like on those days too, like one time I have this little uh uh picture album of pictures i took when i was on jury duty and i got let out early and i just walked home and i i will never forget that day because it was one of the most magical things i've ever experienced because i would never would have had that experience of checking out things in my neighborhood in that way looking at all the colors the people the cats you know i don't know i mean maybe it's not maybe it's not for everybody but that's the thing too like i think it's important to really identify the actual things that that um that make us feel happy and joyful um and most of them at least for me are creative you know mm -hmm. um music uh, like I said photography like whatever it is um and yeah and kind of let the ego just take a little break for a while you know oh for sure I I went I went through a period of time like early in my career where I felt like I really wasn't producing a lot of artwork um, because I was just so focused on the the therapy part of what I was doing that I I just wasn't allowing time even for like am journaling or something like that where it's like I'm not creating any work to sell but I'm still creating something for me and I really um, invested a lot of creative energy in the kitchen um, in like how I cook mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, yes. a real creative process for me I'm not a recipe follower yes. but like there's like a lot of joy there and so it was like I could nourish myself all week long with these like really fun, creative, healthy dishes that I made. Um, but I also had that satisfaction of creating and like figuring out of like, oh, what spices should go together? Oh, how should I layer that? Oh, this is how, like how all, every little piece and part comes together. Um, and I don't know. I felt like that was what I needed at the time. Yeah. And I still try to incorporate that, although um, I haven't been cooking as much as I would like to, but so many yeah, ways to I, integrate the creativity. <laughs> exactly. And again, yeah, that's exactly, you know, what she talks about in the book and, and what I firmly believe. And I just had to, to um, say that just hearing you say that story, I can feel the joy and I had a little sigh of relaxation I was like ah oh, yeah that sounds nice <laughs> right and again yeah. it's not anything fancy it's not anything you're not selling your food you don't have to it's okay I mean I you know it's interesting I I've done a lot of singing I started um taking lessons um I was in choir and stuff in undergrad but when I was 30 I lived in LA um I used to I don't know if I told you I used to be a newspaper copy editor that's what I did for 14 years before oh becoming my a therapist gosh wow that... So every day, and it was, you know, it was so funny because I thought, well, you know, I haven't written a book or anything. And then I realized I have written tens of thousands of headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I've written so many words. <laughs> um, so, um, oh, two, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. So uh, I think oh, that's you were talking really, about cooking and, yeah. yeah, I think that's really interesting in terms of um, like transition from the one career to the other, but you're still, Oh, that's okay. I have, I have a dog too. Stop. So oh, good. <laughs> it's my mom's. We closed everything up to try to <laughs> try to make it's it uh, okay. quiet. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a lot to say, you know, they, they need to use they their voice like to too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay. Oh. Um, but yeah, I feel like there, there's like, in what you're doing, that's creative work. And um, 100%. you're, you know, so you're still, it's still like, you're, you're growing your skill set, right? Using it in a different yeah. way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, so I, I, I feel like uh, going into private practice and doing marketing was a very uh, natural transition for me. Um, I, you know, designed my own website because I used to design newspaper pages as well as write headlines. And I forget, <laughs> I forget sometimes that other people didn't have that experience, you know, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, pay somebody to do my website and my first thought was like why would you do that why don't you just do it yourself I'm like okay wait wait, wait. no 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 this is <laughs> everybody has different skills and I just happened to sort of design my life in a way where they kind of flowed naturally into each other so it's been nice no that's amazing so for folks that are like not they don't identify as a creative writer they don't identify as like copywriting doesn't come easy to them, which I think for a lot of therapists, it doesn't because mm-hmm. we're so, we're still stuck in that academic, like I need to have it in APA style with references to all of the research mm-hmm. and <laughs> which people yeah. don't really want to read that on your website. Um, you know, do you have any advice for folks that are like, trying to go through that like what should they do how could they help themselves write their copy more effectively for their website and their niche so um this may be a little bit controversial and i certainly am not 100 am not advocating for plagiarism okay that's i'm not advocating for that however what came to mind when you were talking was one of my favorite books about art which is called Steal Like an Artist. (laughs) So here's how I think that idea may apply here. For example, when I was designing my website, now I do have the skills enough to do that. I don't, I'm not, that's not quite my natural, naturally I'm more of a writer than a designer. So what I did is I found a designer who I like, who designs websites for therapists, and I looked up those websites, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I like this. This speaks to me. I like this style. I'm going to design mine in this way. I didn't rip her off, you know? I I got inspiration that way for, you know, things that I... um, respond to as a person. Same with writing. You know, go through the different people's, um, um, you know, profiles, websites, and um, see if what you respond to as a person, if you were a client, maybe that's really simple, but you know, if you were a client, who would you want to see? Why would you want to see them? Um, That's what I would suggest for that. Yeah. It's like I said, it seems like pretty simple advice, but that's the the best advice I would give. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're not going to be graded. (laughs) no no grade and everything is always editable and changeable um yes right and it should it should evolve i think you know Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny when i so i was really excited about marketing and very driven and loved the hustle and you know did that and then my practice became full and i was like oh now, I love my therapy practice, but it, it, it it's sort of a different part of my brain. It's, it's connected, but, you know, it's a different part of my brain. That when my, my practice became, I was like, well, what do I do now <laughs> on the in the business side, right? It was, it was tough. I'm still kind of working on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that I've heard somebody say, even when you're full, you don't want to do an abrupt halt to your marketing. You still want to stay consistent with it, especially if you're using blogs and things on your website, because you don't want the Google bot to disregard Mm -hmm. you as like, oh, they're not relevant anymore. They're not publishing anything new on their site. Um, Yeah. And that's why. So what I do is, is in that case, I specifically aim my marketing toward things that I like. Again, this is kind of a topic today. It's like, right? Like, like, what are some of the things we actually enjoy doing? Why is that important? I'll tell you why that's important because I don't think I have ever felt burned out. Mm. And I think part of the reason is because, honestly, part of the reason is probably because I have an ADHD brain. And if I don't want to do it, if I'm not interested, I don't do it. (laughs) If it's not fun, it's not happening, okay? (laughs) So for example, what I do if I have extra, 
if I do have extra time, if I want to keep my marketing up, I do podcasts. I love doing podcast interviews. And then I can turn that into a blog post that keeps my, do you know what I mean? Like um, connected, mm -hmm. put it on my Facebook, keep people, keep people interested. Another thing that I do is I still, even though I'm full and I put a note on my website that I, I may have limited availability, I will still um, have spots open in my schedule for prospective clients to contact me. Now, we are, may or may not be a good fit for a variety of reasons, including I may be full at that time. In that case, I make it, I consider this to be part of the, ser the service to the community. I make it um, a key thing for me to be aware of other therapists who have availability of, of what they're doing, who do they serve. That's really important to me because I know how hard it is to find a therapist. And I, I just to have somebody like, just to be able to schedule a time to talk to someone and know that they're going to be there and know that they're going to answer the phone, that can make all the difference in the world, whether I work with them or not, is not the point, right? And so, um, yeah, so those are kind of ways where I stay relevant in the community, as it were, um, and in <laughs> and things that mean something to me, align with my values and are fun, yes. Mm, yes, I, I love that you're thinking about it from that perspective of like, what do I enjoy doing? What are the things that I enjoy doing when it comes to marketing and do those? I think so yes. many people get stuck of like, well, I yep. hate social media, but everybody says I need to be doing social media. No, you don't. There's plenty of other things that you could be doing that it, that might align better. Cause if not, you're going to have all that, like stuck energy come up. It's going to feel frustrating. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel defeated, like all that and stuff that, that will be reflected in your marketing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you let's do this, uh, this is a pretty good example, I think, because I'm an introvert and I don't, don't really like like networking events, but sometimes I'll go, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> now, if I go to a networking event and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to be here, right? And I come in with that type of energy, who's going to want to refer to me? I wouldn't, right? Like, like, no, 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 no. However, if somebody hears me talking one-on-one -on -one with somebody in a podcast and they see my personality and they see how, you know, how animated, comfortable I am. Yeah, maybe then, you know, I will look like somebody who would be a good, a good fit for, for whomever. So I think that, yeah, it's not just, it's not just our internal experience. That's important because of the burnout factor I, I mentioned earlier, right? Because if I'm doing a lot of things I don't like to do because I think I have to, or I should like, yeah, that's going to feel terrible. Yeah. So there's that factor for the, for the, the therapist and then you get, you know, I think it's important to think about what am I projecting out into the world? Because if I'm excited, fired up about something, that's what we'll project. If I'm deflated and don't want to be there, that's what people are going to see. And that could come out even in our writing, kind of like we were talking mm -hmm. earlier, right? If I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I got to write in this uh, academic way and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course it's going to seem boring and irrelevant because that's what I think about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's okay to, you know, step out of that and be real, like be an actual authentic human being. I think that's what people respond to. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Especially, um, in, in the writing on the website, if it's too above people's heads and they're in a state of like distress and yeah. um, discomfort, the bandwidth to process a lot of dense information really isn't going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, no, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think on my first page, my homepage, I don't know, I have maybe have at most 50 words. Mm. right it's like here's who i am here's who i treat here's my specialties you can find out more with these other other links mm -hmm. but for now <laughs> that's all you need to know you know i like yeah. that yeah i i feel like my websites are works in progress that are currently in need of a that's lot of be. <laughs> editing they need a lot of editing <laughs> <laughs> um but i feel like progress, not perfection. There are other things that I, that are seem more urgent and important to take care of than yeah. going through and editing them. They exist. They're out there. They'll 
you know, we'll get to it. Um, when you're working and the with thing is too, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm Please. sorry. <laughs> we're, oh, we're... no, no, no. I jumped in. <laughs> I, I was just thinking like it, it all depends on who you're trying to attract as well. I mean, you know, like 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 I said, I I have an ADHD brain. I work the best, honestly, with people who kind of have the same type of thing. And so I don't want to see a lot of stuff right at the beginning. I just want to know what's up. And then maybe I can hyper focus and dive in later, right? If you're somebody who works with people who maybe are more academically minded, like maybe you literally work with academics, mm. you know, in that case, if I did, I'd probably put my credentials up and, you know, uh, up front, uh, real, real, real prominent and other things that I think might be, might, you know, look attractive to, to that population. So I think it's also really important that there's no right one right or wrong way to do it. And, and that's why I responded when you said that's a work in progress. And I said, yeah, it should be, you know, we should always be uh, tweaking, making adjustments because we always change too. And I think that's also important to reflect as well. This episode of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast is brought to you by Florida Art Therapy Services, my group practice. Um, I just wanted to share with you that we are offering a host of continuing education trainings in December, uh, starting in December and going into the spring of 2023. Um, on December 12th, we're going to be offering a six-hour supervision um, training specifically for art therapy. Um, I know for folks that happen to hold the ATRBC, the ATCB issued um, like a new requirement where we're all responsible for having six hours of art therapy uh, supervision CEs for our recertification periods. And um, so we're offering that. It's a really fun training. It's going to be online and it will be interactive and experiential. We'll be making lots of art throughout the training. Um, so you can find that on our website, www.floridaarttherapyservices.com. If you click on the continuing education tab, the menu will drop down with all of the trainings that we're offering. Um, Additionally, we'll be teaching the 12-hour qualified supervisor training and the four-hour qualified supervisor refresher training for licensed folks in Florida. We have several opportunities for those in the spring. Um, we're going to be offering uh, medical errors and domestic violence training, which are required for our license renewal in Florida. So uh, check those out. And uh, we'll also be, we're working on adding some more art therapy specific intensive offerings in 2023. So we'll be sharing those with you, I'm sure, in uh, the um, this season two of the show uh, that'll air in 2023. As like therapists in business, how can we like incorporate this philosophy um into like the different administrative tasks that we're responsible <laughs> for right because like there's sometimes i know i need to complete a task but my energy and brain capacity to do it just isn't there and I think it's, you know, similar brain function, right? Like I have a million balls in the air all at the same time and um, everything needs attention, but I don't have time necessarily to give everything all the attention in that moment. Like, how do you approach it from this yeah. like artist's creative way to make it all work? So <laughs> I think as artists and creatives, maybe in particular, we kind of think that we have to do everything ourselves, um, you know? And yeah. so I guess, I don't know if this is artistic or creative, but here's my answer to that is outsource. And when I started doing that, um, it made my life a lot easier because there are a lot of things as therapists that uh, we can't outsource, right? Like our notes, for example, like we, we have to do our own documentation appropriately. So that's fine. 
things though, I noticed, I noticed there were certain things in my practice that I had to do every day, but were super simple and kind of dumb in my opinion, you know, that the child part of me is like, uh. <laughs> so there are these things that I had to do every day. They were very simple, but if I didn't do them every day, they would get way behind, you know, like scheduling, marking people as paid, you know, whatever. So I got a virtual assistant who also happens to be my sister, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's nice too. I got a virtual assistant to help me with those daily tasks and it makes a huge difference. This is something I did after, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided to let my office go and I, you know, kind of had some extra funds and it's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of money to hire somebody to do things that probably take up more room in our brain space than they need to mm -hmm. you know what I mean so that's that's been my answer and even like even with the podcast that I'm launching I you know okay I'm a writer but sometimes kind of like with therapists with writing like mm, mm, sometimes it's the last thing I want to do right so I wanted to do show notes for my podcast and because I, I love it when people have like really you know interesting mm -hmm. show notes so I can see what's going on at the podcast but I it was feeling like such a burden and finally I remembered like not only does my sister help me with this virtual assistant stuff she also used to be a journalist I was like oh wow oh yes of course she has a journalism degree she can help me with this so I asked her if she would write the show notes and she has and not only did she write the show notes she did for me without me even asking she did a complete breakdown of everything that we talked about in the show wow which is amazing and so much work i could do that right but yes. I, I don't want to and i literally do not have time it would it would bring everything to a halt and i don't want to do that i want to bring things to a halt so yeah outsource i feel like i need to outsource that task i've been doing it myself and mm -hmm. um yeah. i mean my assistant edits the podcast and um and she does mm -hmm. a lot of other parts moving parts that have to do with scheduling and so many things. But in terms of the show notes, I've been the one writing those, but it would be so nice. It would be so nice to have that task delegated to someone else. And I don't think I do a very good job. And mostly it's because I feel crunched on time. Of course. Right. Of course. It's like, here's, yeah. here's a few bullet points about what we talked about. Here's the bullet points right. of resources, yeah. but I know I've seen other folks where it's really rich, beautiful, um, mm -hmm. like breakdown and like paragraph structured form, or even sometimes it's like a total transcript, which is really right. cool too. Um, right. so that's something I need to look into. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's a good reminder and maybe you know creatives artists maybe also as therapists in particular we don't have to do everything ourselves it's okay you know it's okay to um yeah to lighten our load a little bit um it's important again with this idea of burning out or not burning out it's really important to recognize you know, when we're not, yeah, when we're not happy, when we're not joyful in our work, because just like on our websites, that's reflected or at a networking event, I think with our clients, like, mm -hmm. that's what I, I, I tell my clients sometimes when it comes up, you know, that um, I need to make sure that I'm okay when yeah. I come into session. Now, am I perfect? Never. <laughs> Nobody is. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But I need to like really attend to my nervous system, you know, being a EMDR and also a brain spotting therapist. It's like, I understand the importance of that. Like, I really need to attend to my nervous system and make sure I'm not feeling overwhelmed so that I can focus all of my attention in that moment on my clients. And, and I, that's, the way I like to work and, and as long as I can as long as I'm able for all the various reasons I want to bring that to my work yeah no that makes a lot of sense um yeah and if we're and if we're really unhappy and overwhelmed um it's going to be much harder for us to harness that energy to to have that level of um a attentiveness um yeah with our clients yeah. And I think it's really hard to come back. It's not impossible, but once kind of like once I'll speak for myself, you know, once I kind of 
tip over into that overwhelmed space it's like I don't want to do anything right <laughs> you know yeah. that and so I think it's really important and again that's why I love the artist way you know that's why I love working with creative people because like I think that that part of our lives like to me I mean that's art and 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 music and everything that's what makes life worth living why else am I here what's like really you know what's the purpose like for me personally it's that expression not just myself but also appreciating others like I love going to you know plays and symphony and like all that stuff like it just fills me up you know and to me mm -hmm. that's the whole that's the whole point you know maybe I don't know if it's a good bad or indifferent meaning of life but <laughs> but it's certainly true for me so I'm just going with that yeah yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there's something really, um, wonderful when we can kind of walk through life from awe inspired moment to awe inspired moment. And, um, I think that does happen when we give a lot of attention to living a creative life and appreciating the creativity that exists within humanity. Um, like I, sometimes like I, I know during COVID when everything was shut down, it's like, there's really not a lot to do. So I just started walking and I would walk for miles and, but go into all of these neighborhoods that I'd never been in before, but they were near, near to me. And there was, I just like found such joy looking at all of the different quirky ways that people decorated their yard and, and the different mailboxes. And of course the different architectural designs and gardens and, you know, there, there's just something really, um, like there's a way to see life through creative, like really yeah. I'm losing my words for it, but like the way, <laughs> the way in which we look at life, you know, really pulling out the, the creativity and the beauty that we're surrounded by wherever we are. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it reminds me of my jury duty walk that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, you had that experience too. That's so cool of seeing the neighborhoods in a different way that you never would have any other time. Um, no. Quick side note, like I actually don't like the cook, but during the at the beginning of the pandemic, I was making all sorts of like vegetable soup and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that didn't really stick, but it was helpful. <laughs> and it was good to to use my hands. I mean, that's what we could you know, talk all about that importance of creativity too, right? Of getting being in the physical world. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's important. And more maybe more important to some of us than others, which, you know, is also why I like to work with creative people because I don't think all therapists, they don't have that experience necessarily, or they might not understand uh how important art, music, et cetera, are to a client and why they're important. And I feel like when I work with my clients, at least if, even if I don't know the particulars, you know, of a certain genre of art, mm -hmm. at least I understand why that it's important. And, and I understand the, the level of importance that that might have for somebody. And I think that's, I think that's real important and frankly, just saves a lot of time. Yeah. I, I would say for sure. Um, you know, if somebody really ident like they identify as like, they live, eat, sleep, breathe yep. expression that to, to work with somebody who doesn't, who doesn't live their life in that way. It's like the difference between, between being a live to eat person and an eat to live person, right? Those are two really different perspectives on ways of being and existing in the world. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody is that live to express person and they're with somebody who is like, oh no, I'm totally like, you know, logical and right. orderly. And this is how we do life. That's gonna it, it's gonna be a, a a different um experience and it might 
create challenges. Not that, not that we don't hold the capacity to empathize with somebody who has an experience that we don't, but I think when we have the intimate knowledge of the experience, it, we have better language to Mm. translate so that when we're talking about it, that person really feels that depth of like, oh, wow, you really understand my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally know what it's like to stand on a stage and you can't get your hands to stop shaking. (laughs) Well, like I, you know, maybe, maybe that's not the exact experience somebody has, but I know what that's like. (laughs) And I also know that after a while, my hands stopped shaking Mm -hmm. over time. Right. So I also can offer hope that like, you know, I, I have that lived experience of like, you know, I, I know what it's like. I mean, I've had, you know, creative wounds that feel like such huge losses. I mean, we could put that under the, she talks about that in the artist way too. How do we deal with our creative losses? You can put that under the umbrella mm-hmm. of grief and loss. Yeah. Really, when, like you said, when you identify, right, you live, eat and breathe it. That's a loss. Mm-hmm. That's important. That's something to be mourned and respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. again, anybody can have that perspective. I mean, that's part of the reason why, again, I think it's good to get the message out, right? That like, um, these, these, uh, folks are, are out there and this is how it might be helpful to them. I think you're right. I think that is really profound. Um, and growing up, um, my, my dad was very, um, artistic and skilled. And when mm-hmm. he was, in high school, he went to an arts-based high school and, um, I'm not exactly sure of the exact details of the story, but the art teacher had, um, encouraged him to submit his entire, like, portfolio of work to be shown in some exhibit, um, And then it ended up being stolen and oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was like a, an enormous psychic wounding for him and trauma that he carried with him, you know, into adulthood. And I Mm -hmm. think it, it limited him from living a more creative Mm -hmm. life that he, stopped creating in the way he had once created in, in this like very prolific way, uh, because his work was stolen and, and you're right. I mean, it's a tremendous, uh, experience of grief. Right. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I would hope, you know, a therapist wouldn't say this, but, you know, it reminds me of that really, really, really bad advice. If people lose a pet or even a child, mm-hmm. and that really bad advice of like, well, you can always get another one. Right. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes maybe, you know, the, well, you can, I don't understand, like just make some more art. Right. Right. Yeah, right. No, unfortunately not the way to go yeah just like it wouldn't be in either of those uh, other situations like you know it's it's self-expression i mean just in that word is the word self right and um when we express ourselves and something happens like that like oh man i I was, you know, when you were starting telling the story, I thought, oh yeah, academics, maybe there was some criticism, but too, you know, I wasn't it. It was but to actually have your your expression gone I, yeah that's devastating and i'm so sad to hear that that affected mm-hmm. him in that way and, and um yeah that's tough and it it like stunted his career he wanted to use that to go to art school and uh, of course he didn't have anything you know this like this predates this predates like you know uh mm-hmm. being a- <laughs> being able to really save stuff in another format oh, right. yeah <laughs> you, you know right, like right, right. I'm sure yeah. there were cameras around back then but it, you know he didn't have he didn't 
have photographic evidence of his work. You know what I mean? Like that, it just wasn't, I think, as common then um, as they're ubiquitous now. Who doesn't have a camera? Who doesn't have multiple cameras? Right. I was just thinking, I don't know, maybe this is too dark, but I was like, well, I guess in a way it was a compliment that somebody's art was probably pretty good. And I mean, if somebody wanted it that bad, but man. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. So, yeah. so, so yeah, I think, you know, and I, that's kind of where, you know, again, this could be a whole other topic, but that's really where the trauma treatment that I do comes in. Yeah, sometimes about creative losses. Sometimes creatives come to me and we discover <laughs> that actually it's about, you know, some other kind of loss or some other thing that happened. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of why I like to, that's, that's how my approach is, you know, I kind of looking at the creative part and the entire person um, to kind of see where, where we should go. Yeah. Mm, very holistic um, mm-hmm, lens. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you facilitate the artist way workshops, um, can you just kind of share um, like mm-hmm. how you structure those? Is it like a one time, sure. like a few hours, or is it like over a course of a period of weeks? Like, what does that look like right. if somebody is to do that with you? Great. Yeah. It's um, so the book is 12 chapters. Um, and so we meet for 12 weeks. Um, I'd considered meeting for 13 weeks, like having the first week be, uh, you know, sort of an introductory, but I, I like the roundness of the number 12. What can I say? <laughs> so we're keeping it at 12. <laughs> and um, yeah, we meet for an hour and a half online. When we're in person, uh, we used to meet for two hours, but two hours is a lot of time on the internet. So um, we we meet for an hour and a half. Um we usually uh, open up with talking about our morning pages and our artist dates, just kind of see where everybody is, see if they have questions. And you're right, for some people, the artist dates are really hard. For some people, the morning pages are really hard. So we just kind of talk about that together, get support. And then because I can't, like my degrees in creative writing, a lot of it was, you know, it could have been like an English degree. So a lot of it was in like English literature. And so I'm used to being, and I went to a small liberal arts school. So I'm used to being in a small group of people. I never have more than 10 people in the artist way group a small group of people um, discussing a book <laughs> like that's that's what I'm used to that's the way that we that we do so I lead the discussion we go through the chapter and you know and I have people you know I ask for like I said it is a discussion it is interactive it isn't me sitting talking about stuff um, so you know people ask questions people talk about things that really um, called out to them or things that they disagreed with I mean this book was written like 25 30 years ago like there's a lot of it that's dated there's a lot of it that isn't and 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 I think that when you go back and read it at different parts of your life you will find different new helpful things it's really cool Mm. that that way so we discuss all of it though and um by you know it's so funny as for me as a facilitator I I really don't like the first I never have a good time the first session because nobody knows each other everybody's feeling a little weird I'm feeling weird by about session eight or nine that's when things really start to groove in and people really appreciate and really love each other. You know, I mean, that it, it can't help but happen when you're being vulnerable in that way. And, and um, it's such a cool thing. A uh, quick side story. One time when, when, uh, we met uh, in person, it was about, it was about week nine and I had been doing very intensive. Most of my grad school was online, but we did have these very intensive in-person classes. Like, eight to five Monday through Saturday, kind of like group therapy all day. It was what, and I, and I did get burned out. I was, I was over the edge. I was, my, my nervous system was shot. I showed up to class like 15 minutes late. <laughs> um, and I come in and they're all like working on little, little, um, somebody brought in pipe cleaners and they were just making little animals. They didn't even notice I wasn't there. <laughs> and I told them, I said, Hey guys, I'm really not in a place to lead this group tonight, but I'm here. I don't know what to do. They're like, oh, don't worry. Just, just sit. We'll, we'll take care of it. And they did. Like they just did the whole group themselves and I just hung out and it was beautiful. And and that's why, like it literally is my favorite thing to do because the community that's created is just magical. I don't even know why. I don't know how. I try my best, you know, to set it up so that we have that experience together. Most of the times it works. Sometimes it hasn't, but most of the times it does. Um, and it's just, it's just really, really cool and, and, and just wonderful to see people open up that way. Do you do and like a creative ending in the final week, like some creative thing together? Oh yeah. Okay. We do graduation. 
Oh. And and what I tell people, which is the truth, is that I learned how to I learned how to do it this way by watching Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. I gotta admit. <laughs> So, and it's really cool. What we do is like, we take each person individually and I will first um, say um, my experience of them in, in in the workshop. And then we open it up to anybody else and you don't have to talk though. That's a nice thing. You can say something, you can not, maybe you text them later or maybe you don't, no big deal. We open it up for people to also share their experience of that person. And then that person gets to share their experience of the class. And um yeah, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now because it's, it's it's so touching and it's so wonderful to offer. It's almost like what's coming to mind, again, maybe a little dark, but it's almost like being at your own funeral, you know? It's like you get to <laughs> you get to actually hear what people appreciate about you and, and how they loved, loved you being there and, what, and the contributions that you made and, and how much they care. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, very, very honoring of each individual's creative process and vulnerability throughout the course of the group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is there anything else that you feel like would be valuable for listeners to hear about integrating this like artist way of living into their practice growth and development? You know, that I'll just go with what popped in my mind first, which is there's a part of the book where she talks about the number one thing that artists want is to be left alone. And, you know, that may sound a certain way. I don't know. But again, I think, you know, this kind of goes along with the artist state thing thing we were talking about earlier. To artists to be left alone, like with your own inner artist child with your own creativity with your own self-expression allow my advice would for anybody would be to allow yourself give yourself some time for that even really even if it's only five minutes a day give mm-hmm. yourself some time to you know jot down a little poem or doodle a little bit or you know listen to something that really makes you happy like those parts of us are in us that are in our inner artist child is in us and it's paying attention and it will speak up and throw tantrums so (laughs) so uh i think it's important to honor that speaking the you know honoring and respecting and all that i think it's important to honor that and know that it's never going to go away we can't uh, you know and it shouldn't in my opinion that part of us shouldn't go away it's not going to go away so let's see how we can best also honor the parts of ourselves that maybe aren't so you know mature buttoned up therapist um (laughs) with all the correct boundaries and rules and you know, it's okay to push against that a little bit. And there's parts of us that will really appreciate that we did. So that's, that's, that's what yes. I say to folks. I think that last part is so needed for people to hear, to I give agree. themselves permission to not have to be in the perfect professional role all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to allow ourselves that playful part to that, that like fun, creative, lively rule breaker out. We got to let that out. (laughs) Yeah. It's risky. It's risky. Art is risky. That's what it's all about. Right. Because art shines a light on things that maybe some other people might not want you to shine a light on. Right. So it is a Mm -hmm. risk and it's okay if you're not there, you know, you don't feel like doing that. That's all right. Yeah, I would I would encourage experimentation though and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. If folks that are listening want to learn more about you, your practice, and perhaps maybe join your next Artist Way workshop, mm-hmm. where can they find more information about you? Sure. Um, so my website is rachelmorecounseling.com. Um and you can find me there and you can find the artist way workshop information there i should be posting some updates pretty soon probably the next workshop will start in february um you can also check out uh the new podcast beyond artist block where like i said like my whole goal is to find people like me so if you are one of those people too like feel free to reach out to me maybe we can chat um just as a side note like when i when i posted this uh, uh in in one of the facebook groups Within three days, I had 16 people scheduled. <laughs> We're wow. out there, you know, this, this, I think people want to talk about this stuff. We just haven't had a place to do it, you know, That's in awesome. a particular way. 
so um yeah so i'm i'm excited about it and uh yeah it's my fun creative project too so that's where that's where you can find all of that <laughs> lovely well i will definitely put your practice website rachelmorecounseling.com in the show notes and i will also put a link um to the beyond artists block podcast in the show notes. So people can find that too. And I think I need to put a link for the book too, uh, the oh, artist yeah. way yeah, book. Great idea. Um, so if folks are interested that aren't acquainted, that you have an easy way of, uh, picking, picking up a copy and checking it out for yourself. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time today and talking with me. This was really fun. Thank you. I had such a good time too. I just love talking about this stuff. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Rachel Moore. Um, I felt like she shared some really great information. Um, I think particularly like this idea of working in ways that align with our energy source is so important. It's so easy for us to get drained in the work that we do, particularly when we're doing all of the things. We're the therapist, we're the administrator, we're the marketer, we're all of the things. Um, so it's important for us to pick projects that really, really energize us so that we have that, we have that stamina to push through and, uh, and do the work, um, without feeling overwhelmed and, and fatigued. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.